0: Thank you, guys. All right, so just keep them in your prayers. Uh, man, so much good. And still, like what we were just singing, you know, even though I walk through the valley, we know that God is with us and he is for us. And I'm just really excited to be sharing with you. One last thing. Man, this is what this is what you get for coming to a small church, y'all. We just get to talk about everything. Um, we got a birthday in the house. Um, and, uh, and it's one of our favorite families as well. Miss um, Jeanette, we know that it's... Uh, Cory, I mean, am I doing this right? Okay, Jeanette Park. <laughs> Jeanette, we love you, and we're so grateful for you and your family here at the church, and we just hope that this next year, we know this next year is going to be the best that it's ever been. And so we're grateful that, you're, that you darken the door here. We're grateful that you called us home and that you have found your place on the pew over by the windows. And so if you ever need to find Jeanette, you know where to find him. Corey, Jeanette, we love you. Happy birthday, Jeanette. Can we just say Happy birthday. All right, that's enough of community stuff. Um, uh, So I'm sure it's obvious um, if you spent any amount of time with me, but I am what I like to describe as an enthusiast. I like new things, obviously, but I also really love introducing people to the things that I'm newly enthusiastic about. And I always have, from from a car, my 96 Toyota Camry, to tacos, and to Hunga, to movies, really anything with Tom Cruise in. I celebrate his entire catalog, I really do. The guy doesn't age, I don't know what's going on. Movies, cameras, and even music. You know, when I like something, I want everyone to know, and ultimately I want them to like it too. It's just how I am wired as a human being, but but not as a salesman. Please don't hear me say that, because I don't get commission when I urge people to go see Tom Cruise movies, right? I I, I I don't get commission, but I do find connection. I find connection, which I think is the goal for me. Connection, because now I know that we have something that we share, something in common where we didn't before. And And anyway, this is the life of an enthusiast, but As I've gotten older, um, some of my rough edges from my enthusiastic life um, have started to wane a bit, appropriately. I'm tired all the time with my two small kids. Um, But if you were to see me when I was young, and my passion for new things and influencing others to like new things, uh, it was often a bit abrasive. And uh, I would say it closed more doors than opened. Like for example, for me, and we were talking about this with the team earlier today, One big thing for me, and has been for a while, is anything made by Apple. Apple, I know. I've been using Apple devices, computers, iPads, iPhones, whatever, iPods, all the different stuff. I've been using it for 20 years now. And when I was first introduced to Apple, I remember driving an hour and a half to go get my first computer. And um, and because there weren't any other Apple stores. And I drove all the way down there, and I was just blown away by the simplicity, the design, the function. How they provided this unique ecosystem for creative people, and then it just worked. Um, In the mid-2000s, I had a number of other phones and computers, and every year or two, I'd feel like I'd have to replace them. But when I switched to Apple, things were different. I was inspired. I'm not a salesman, by the way, Um, but I was inspired, and I wanted everyone to know. I wanted everyone to know about it, so I carried it everywhere, and I told everyone it was my mission. It was my message, the gospel of Apple computers. Now, just follow me. One day in college, I remember walking into one of my lectures and taking a seat next to a friend named Mike. And, and he had this giant—I don't know if you remember, like, mid-2000s— but he had this giant spaceship of, a like, a laptop computer that he used for gaming. And, and one day he— um, one day he brought it up to take notes, and when he lifted it up and turned it on, it sounded literally like a helicopter was taking off. And, and I've been trying to convince him, I would say, for a, by at least a year at this point, to switch over. And all of my efforts were failing. All of my enthusiastic efforts were failing. And so that day, as he brought his, no, his computer out to take notes, I took a slightly different approach. And this is just transparent from me to you, okay? Sin issues in my own life. Get ready for it. Um, So this happened, and and instead of trying to win him over lovingly, I just started to make fun of him, okay? Like, I heard the, the helicopter taking off next to me, and I was judging his stuff. And I was doing this, though, so he would just finally see what I had was awesome, okay? And how my awesome stuff would make his life even better, I just worked everything I could, and so instead of trying to win him over, I tried beating him down into submission. I was like, submit to the Apple world, Michael. And and I, I just want you to know I had good intentions, okay? I had a good message, and I truly believed that Apple could improve his life. And honestly, it did, because he eventually switched over. Don't tell anyone, but in my youth, friends, the problem was that in all of my excitement, the message got lost in the method of trying to convince him why would anyone want to listen to me when anything i had to say when i was just being a jerk regardless of how it might benefit him i had good news to share i really did but i lacked wisdom in my delivery now what am i getting at bringing it back around this is i would say the context for the majority of what paul is prioritizing in our passage today from first corinthians starting in or sorry colossians chapter 1 starting in verse 25 that in the Christian life, you and me, all who believe, we have been given a message that is really good news. We have been given a message that is great news, and we must be passionate, enthusiastic to share it. Because we, when, when we're born again, we're like born again as enthusiasts for Jesus, okay? But if we want the good news to be good and connect with the world, to find connection, this is the goal, then we better know how to share it. We better know how to share it because Christians, and maybe you know this, maybe you've experienced this. Christians, we can come across just a bit exclusive. Like we exist in this closed ecosystem. We can come across just a bit judgmental. Yeah, like we got it all figured out, right? The, the message of Jesus, we know it, we believe it, and we want everyone to hear it. But, but we don't always know how to win others over. We don't always know how to find that connection. And I would say it's really for any number of reasons. Sometimes it's because we don't know the whole story about Jesus. So we don't know how to communicate it. Sometimes we don't know the whole story about our community. Sometimes we we judge. Sometimes we assume. Sometimes we expect lost people to live like they're found before they ever meet Jesus instead of just speaking truth and love. It can be really Challenging to be an enthusiast, an enthusiast for the Lord and know how to communicate the message. And so for today, for today, here's my goal for us. It's that as we walk through the passage, we are going to take a closer look at three things. We're going to look at the message. We're going to look at the method. And we're going to identify the motive. The message that we have been given to share, the method that we have been invited to reveal and the motive for or the reason for why it's so vital that we share this message with the world. Got it? Yep. Got it? Okay. So we're going to cover three things. The message, the method, and the motive. Here we go, starting in verse 15. And I hope that you have enough room on your note card because we've got so much good stuff today. All right, so this is... Colossians 1, starting in verse 24. It says, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. And if you have your Bible with you, just underline if you feel comfortable. Otherwise, take that note down. Proclaiming his entire message, the full message of Jesus. Jesus. Verse 26, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. Verse 28, so we tell others about Christ warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power, the Holy Spirit, that works within me. Here's chapter 2. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ in himself. In him, in Jesus, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I'm telling you this. This is the big why, verse 4. I'm telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. This is the word of the Lord. Now, what did we just hear? Looking at three things. Message, method, motive. Let's start with the message, or what Paul calls in verse 25, the entire message that was filled with secrets that were hidden from, for centuries and generations past. What is this message that Paul is so enthusiastic to suffer for in his Body. Well, the entire message is actually quite simple. And it's just that, that Jesus is for all, and he is in all. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. I think we have a, a slide for that too, just as a reminder. That Jesus is for all, and in all. He is for all people, and he is in all who believe. For all, in all. This is the, the, the entire message. Message Now, let me break it down real quick. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He is the one true God who reigns supreme over all creation. You reign above it all, you reign above it all. We just say it, and we confessed it together. Just as this God called Jesus, he came to make peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of his sacrifice on the cross. And this everything that we read about in chapter 1, This everything that he came to make peace with, it includes everyone. Everything includes everyone. Write that down. Everything includes all people. John chapter 3 says that, For God so loved the entire world that he sent his Son. And this includes the Jews, who were God's original chosen people. And it also includes Gentiles. And if you're kind of new to church, new to churchy language, um, the Jews kind of created two categories. There were, there were God's people, the Jews, and then everyone else were lumped into this category called Gentiles. And so there were Jews, and then there was everyone else. And Paul here is saying that, that God, who was always for the Jews, yeah, he's actually for everyone, too. That Jesus is for all people. And this is the message, verse 27. For God wanted them, the Jews, to know that riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles, to. And this is mind-blowing for the first century, that God's heart was no longer exclusive. It was not a closed system anymore. God's love and his heart were no longer exclusive to the people of Israel. Now, because of the work of Jesus on the cross, all who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, now all of these people are welcomed into God's house. And the riches of God's presence are now available for all people. Jesus is for all. And Paul, he was driving this home as the entire message because for some of the more legalistic Jews in this first century church of Colossae, if you remember, past couple weeks, we've been talking about some of the challenges that have been facing the church. One of them is legalism within the Jewish community. Some of the legalistic Jews in Colossae, this would have been a potential disconnect in their previous understanding of salvation and membership in God's house. As Jews... At the time, they would have likely thought of people on a sliding scale. Scale of priority within the kingdom of God. Like, like they were on the top because they came first, okay? The Jews were on on top because, because they were original people of God. And while, yes, Jesus, with his work on the cross now, has opened up the doors. The door is always open. They opened up admission to the kingdom of God to Gentiles. The assumption would have been that Jews still had extra favor with God. This was the mentality. And so Paul, this is so good, enthusiastically brings correction saying, you might know the message, but this is the entire message. You are all the same in the eyes of God. Because in Christ, you have been formed into a new people. You have been formed into a new house, a new family where you all share in the riches and glory of Christ Jesus is for all people. Say that with me real quick. Jesus is for all people. One more time. Jesus is for all people. And we see Paul, he breaks this down even more in the book of Ephesians. And if you love context, this is really interesting. So if you remember, the church in Colossae was actually planted out of Ephesus because Paul was there and he had started this Bible study, which included uh, Philemon and uh, Epaphras. Epaphras. And these two guys, who were not, not anything impressive, they went back to their hometown of Colossae and started this church out of a Bible study that had started in Ephesus. Fascinating, right? And so Paul, in Ephesians, the letter to Ephesus, he actually breaks this down even more. In chapter 2, starting in verse 14, lots of Bible, he says this. It'll be on the screen. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united who? Jews and Gentiles into one people. One people, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace with, between Jews and Gentiles, by creating himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. And this is it, verse 17. Verse 17. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And this is the full message and it is some good news for the world. Amen? Christ is for all people. Jesus is for everyone. It doesn't matter how far off they were. It doesn't matter how churchy they might appear. It doesn't matter where they were born or what language they speak or what religion their parents practice or how much money they have or what sins they struggle with. Jesus is for the whole world. And he is for all people. Are you hearing me? He He is for all and he is for the whole world. Now, the second part of the full message here is found in verse 27. It says this, that Jesus is for all and he is in all. And this is the secret, verse 27, Christ lives in you. And the word you here in the original language is actually plural, and so I think when we read it, we should probably read it as uh, the secret. This is the secret Christ lives in y'all, okay? (laughs) Christ lives in you. In y'all, and it continues to say, and this gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Now, what does that mean? It means that if you have given your life to Jesus, which I know many of you have, if you have given your whole heart to Jesus and you are essentially joining a brand new family of faith called the church, and a marker for this new family being the church is, as an individual, but also as a y'all, a collective, is that you now have the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus living in you, in your heart. So the secret is, Paul's saying, that Christ lives in you because Christ lives in y'all. And this reality of God occupying his people, it gives you as individuals and y'all as a church the assurance of eternity and sharing in his glory forever. Cool. Why did Paul drive this home? I think we all know this. This is great, right? This, oh, we're going to heaven. This is wonderful. But why did Paul talk about this, that Christ lives in all? Well, once again, addressing, speaking to these uh, Jewish legalists in the church, he was able to drive two big things home. First, that the presence of Jesus, his Holy Spirit, it lives in them as a church, as individuals, regardless of if they were a Jew or a Gentile. That's kind of addressing that Jesus is for all. But the second thing, it was to remind them that, that it's this spirit of Jesus that lives in them, that gives them the assurance of glory. It was not their personal, legalistic, individual piety. Because if you remember, one of the challenges within this church was that, that, um, that salvation, for some, they believed came from Jesus plus some other stuff, right? That, G- that it was Jesus plus good works got them the assurance of salvation, That it was Jesus plus the right family background. It was Jesus plus good behavior. It was Jesus plus all sorts of other secondary things. Instead of just the gospel that we have been told. Which says that it's by his grace through your faith. So Paul's like, your assurance of eternity, it has nothing to do with you. It was assured by Jesus. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Christ in you. In all of you. And this is, again, the good news. This is the greatest news, friends, that the world has ever heard. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's the best news the world has ever heard. So Paul is so enthusiastic to share it, but also to suffer for it. Paul says this is better than any other thing. This is the only message that matters. Jesus, who is the king of the universe, he is for all people. And he is in all who believe. And this is the entire message. This is the message that saved us, but also the message that demands from us our entire life. Entire life. Now, the second thing that I want to talk about today, beyond the message, is the method. Because remember, just because you have something good to say, it doesn't mean you always present it the right way, right? Remember me in class with my friend Mike. Just because we're enthusiastic for good things, it doesn't mean that we come ac- don't come across like jerks most of the time. We need to mature. We all need to mature in our method of delivery. And that's what we see in verse 28. It says, with a recap, and this is the secret Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of sharing in his glory. So, verse 28, so we tell others about Christ warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect. And this word perfect in the original language just means mature, mature. So we want to present them to God, mature in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard. That's why I'm enthusiastic, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. And I love this because Paul, he's like, y'all good news, this good news. This good news is so good. I'm gonna hustle, I'm gonna struggle, and I'm gonna share it because I want to present others mature in their relationship with Christ. So so we're gonna tell it. We're gonna tell the full message. We're gonna tell everyone this good news, but we're gonna do it the right way. We're gonna do it smart. We're not gonna let our emotions lead the way or our opinions get in the way. Now, we have a method to present them perfect and mature. And what is it? Verse 28. That we would share the message with all the wisdom God has given us. All the wisdom that God has given. And we heard about this wisdom, right? I don't know if you were listening at the opening scripture in James 3. But we heard about this wisdom from God the wisdom from above. And it says this, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And here is the good stuff, right here in verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from Christ, the wisdom from above, is first of all pure. It is also peace loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Now take this passage James 3 and kind of layer it over the top of Colossians 1 and starting at the beginning of chapter 2. See Paul is essentially saying go tell others about Jesus. Yes and amen, but do it first by living an honorable life. How about that? Do it first by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility. My dad always likes to say, show it before you share it. Show it before you share it. Leave selfish ambition behind. Leave boasting, lying, jealousy, selfishness. Because ain't no one gonna believe your good news if your life looks like bad news. Now, If you're gonna tell the world about Jesus, you must first be Pure. And what does this mean? It means that you must have a focused allegiance to Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart. Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the pure in heart. This word pure means a focused allegiance to Jesus. You are his. He lives in you, in y'all, and you have no other compartments for any other loyalties. You must be pure, Paul says, James says, and peace-loving, gentle and willing to yield. You must be full of mercy, sincere, and show no favorites. This is the wisdom that comes from Christ that occupies your heart and mind through the Holy Spirit and lives in all who believe. And what comes from this wisdom? It says this in James 3.18. It says that peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and will reap a harvest of righteousness. And I, ho- I hope you're catching this because when we recite the full message when we recite the full message that we have received, the message that saved us and welcomed us into this new way, when we do this, when we share the message with this method, excuse me, with the wisdom from above, the scripture says that we will see fruit. We will see the fruit of righteousness. Our enthusiasm, friends, will be received and we will reap a harvest of righteousness. The world will see the world will see through our honorable, consistent lives of spiritual maturity that we actually believe the message we share. Because y'all there is nothing more compelling than a life of integrity. There is nothing more compelling than a life of integrity where you what you say is backed up with what you show. There's nothing more influential for the kingdom of God than a church that lives with honor and integrity and wisdom. And this is the method for sharing the message that Paul is calling us into. We share with wisdom so we can show with enthusiasm. This is the method. Amen? Amen. Now, last thing I want to hit, if you need new note cards, feel free to grab them from your neighbor. Just so you know, we, we recognize the note cards are a little small. I mentioned it. We're going to get some bigger ones. We're actually just going to give notebooks to everybody from whoever. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to cover in this passage is the motive. The motivation that Paul had in sharing this instruction in the first place, and also the good news with those who need it, with all the wisdom God gives. And this motive, I think we see it starting in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them, some motive right here, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love, connection, friends, that comes from enthusiasm. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, the full message, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse four, and this is it. I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Now, what's the motive here? Well, I think that the motive could all be boiled down to one primary reason, and it's that simply that they would remain faithful to Jesus. Verse five, that their faith in Christ is strong. Paul wants them to be encouraged. Paul wants them to be connected because they are one family now. God wants them to be unified. Jesus says it's that, that the church, his greatest prayer is that the church would be one, that they would be connected, living with confidence in God's mysterious plan, which is Christ and Christ alone. Paul doesn't want them to get sidetracked. Paul doesn't want them to get distracted. He doesn't want them to be deceived with all sorts of well-crafted garbage arguments, which are there are plenty floating around the first century in Colossae. If you remember some of the problems that we were talking about, it was the, the, with mysticism and syncretism and legalism. It was these competing theologies, competing philosophies for life and ideologies. But Paul, he wasn't having it, and he did not want this church to drift. And so this was the motive. He calls them to integrity by telling them the full message, that Jesus is for all and in all, so they might remain faithful. This is it. Faithfulness was his only enthusiastic motive. Why? Because for Paul, Christ mattered most. Faithfulness matters most, and it's Christ's expectation that his church would remain pure and faithful that you that y'all would remain faithful faithful to share the message of Christ but not just share it share it the right way through the method of his wisdom the message the method and the motive and this is colossians 124 through 25 now as we close today um Every preacher, and don't let, don't let anyone tell you different, every preacher wants people to walk with like, walk away with like, man, what a great message. I can't wait to apply this to my life. Like, this is the dream for everyone that ever stands on this stage or, or anywhere. Like, it's, it's like, hey, this is true. Here you go. Now go and live it out. And so as I was, honestly, I was struggling even till this morning, thinking about, all right, what do I really want you to walk away with practically? because as much as i want you to be like deep in the bible every day all day i know that for some of you like this is the only bible you get every week and so my my, my thing is like how do i how do i really uh, give you something that would be like this easy takeaway instant takeaway and i and i honestly up until this very moment i i haven't really i haven't really found it but i but this is where i'm going to leave you today I just want to remind you of this full message one more time. Because this is the thing that defines who you are. The full message about Jesus. And I don't know where you're at in the room today. I don't know where everyone's coming from. I don't know all the backstory or the history of of what brought you here. I know that there's some people here for the first time. There's people joining online from all over the country. We've got people that have been at this church for 50 years, people that have been here for five weeks. And and so I get it. There's a pretty broad cross-section here. And so let me just remind you one more time of the full, entire message. That regardless of where you came from today, no matter what brought you here to darken our door and sit in these seats, that Jesus is for you. Jesus is for you. That Jesus wants you to come and to understand the freedom that can come from his, his sacrifice in your life. That Jesus is for you, and he is fighting for you, and he has done everything short of sin to welcome you, to welcome you into his his family forever. Jesus is for you. And if you believe that, and if you've welcomed him into your life, then Jesus is also in you, in y'all. And Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit living within you, is intended to lead you. To your greatest possible ending, to your greatest possible life of faith and obedience. And this is the full message that needs to be present and radiating in and out of our church, that if we share it, we better show it because the, the Spirit of God is living in us. And so I just want to pray for you no matter where you're at on this on this journey following Jesus I want to pray for you and I want to invite you depending on where you're at to just take a step of faith into greater greater obedience to Jesus and maybe that's your first step today maybe it's your first step maybe it's your 5000th step 50 years down the road and you just need you just need a refresh and so let's why don't we all let's just bow our heads and this is going to be This is just going to be like a family at dinner, and we're talking about real stuff. And so we're inviting Jesus. Jesus, we're inviting you into this moment, and we just ask that you be present in our prayer. God, today I ask that you would just remind us of this full, entire message of your gospel. God, that we would remember today, no matter where we're at, no no matter what brought us here, no matter where we're going later, no matter the mistakes or the successes we have experienced in our life, God, that you are for us. And that you want nothing more than to welcome us home as your people. And that we've always got a seat at your table. And so, Jesus, if there is anyone here today, I ask that you just lay heavy on their heart. People that, are, that have been stuck on the fence for a while, that have been kind of like living in compartments, that have been trying to make their way on their own, God, I just encourage you, push them over the fence today of faith. God, and invite them into your house. And if that is you, and you're just thinking, all right, I want to do this, I need to do this, it's just really simple. It just starts by saying, Jesus, I believe that you're real. I believe that you're good, that you love me to death, and you always lead to peace. Jesus, I want to follow you together with this church. That's our first step of faith, friends. It's just saying, Jesus, I believe that you're real that you're good, that you love me to death, and that you always lead to peace. God, take my life. Just take my life. I want to follow you. And maybe, maybe church, maybe you've been in this, in this spot for years, and you know all the stuff about Jesus, and you've given your life to Jesus, but it starts to feel a little flat. It starts to feel a little empty. It feels like the fire has gone out. I just want to pray an encouragement over you. I just wanted you to know that, like, That God is for you in your season, and God is in you, and God wants to change the world through your life, through y'all's life. God wants to make himself known. He wants you to show the world what he is really like so lost people can be found. And he wants you to live free. And so no matter where you're at today, we can all take a step of faith by just saying, Jesus, I believe again and again that you are real. Jesus, you are good, that you're for me, that you love me, and you always lead to peace. God, come and fill me again. My life is yours. So God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to gather, to spend time in the Word together, God, to sing to you, to be reminded of your goodness. God, we're so grateful that we can come and drink good coffee with friends that we love, that we could pray for our community, God, that we can celebrate the wins of your kingdom. God, we're so grateful that we can be your church, and we're so grateful for the life that you call us into. And so, God, as we leave today, I just encourage, I just ask that you would give us courage to go and show what we share. God, that we would be able to go and tell the world the good news that saves. So, Jesus, it's in your name that we pray, and we all said, amen. Amen. You feel